Welcome to this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. Today we're featuring co-pastor Sharonda Manor Foster. And she talks about moving day. What's in the way of your worship? Moving things in, but most importantly, moving things out. Moving things out, anything that would disrupt or disturb your true worship for God. And moving in only the things that will help you level up your worship to God. So listen up. Moving day. Here is my worship. our attitude of worship in our homes and, and here in the church. But I have a question for you this afternoon. What happens when you get up from that foundation? What happens God in this place Hallelujah, we're on a great start. Hallelujah, as we level up our worship. Amen. Good afternoon. I'm servant leader Tisha Regan. And I am uh, assistant pastor Darian Regan. Hallelujah. And we want to welcome you to our guests, to our friends, to our church family, and those joining us by video broadcast. We are excited to have you all today, here today. We welcome you all to a life-changing worship experience because this is a place of blessing. Is that not good news? This is a place. Come on, even if you don't believe it, I believe it because God has changed my life. This is a place of blessing where you can meet Jesus change your life and find your purpose we affirm you today that you will hear a word that transforms your life you will hear a song hallelujah that lifts your heart and you will hear a prayer that meets every need that you have on today hallelujah is that good news all right that is good news hallelujah so while you're here you know that this is a time of giving and we always say that god wants to bless your giving amen it is truly a blessing in being able to give and part of giving is having faith and trusting god yes. with what you have and so we want you to be able to get to a place where you trust god with your money and that you pour into the kingdom of god yes. and watch him do great things great for you things. as you give Hallelujah. watch them do wonderful things and even return it back to you in ways that you wouldn't have even thought and so as you prepare your hearts to give you can give five different ways and the first way is through text giving you can text the word new antioch to 77977 and you can give that way as well you can do it through cash app where it's through new antioch a new a aliante uh, it's the dollar sign don't forget the dollar sign at the beginning you can do it via cash app you can also do it um, via online therefore you on the screen new antioch aliante.org um, when you go online you go to the donate section and then it'll take you through the um, paypal and then lastly, you can give via in-person, uh, 2550 Nature Park Drive. You can mail it in. Uh, the address is there for you on the screen. So we have a number of ways 
that you can give. And so as you're going through the screen now, you can give in person as well via your card or cash. Also, we have that feature available. So there is no limit to how you can give um, to the kingdom and just be a blessing. Amen. The kingdom of God needs your giving. The ministry needs your help to continue to push this through. Amen. Is that all right? Amen. At this time, I believe our love you. I see some people that's really saying I love you. I see some people that's really saying that. Y'all not just saying that because the praise team up here singing. But you're saying that because you really love him. I, I really love you. But when she got to that, you're so faithful. I don't know why everybody ain't up and running around this place. I don't know why chairs ain't turning over and things are getting ugly up in here. When we say you've been so faithful. Yeah, yeah. You've been so faithful. Oh! Who? 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 Who has been as faithful as our God? to you who has stood by you who's came back time and time again who's fixed it again who came by who called you who picked you up who took care of you who made a way out of nowhere even when it was your fault even when you was jacked up even when you messed up even when he didn't even have cause to come back just to agree with me. James, he came back for me. When I messed up, when I screwed it up, he came back for me. Some people left, they just walked out. They never came back. They never showed back up. But he's been so faithful. Why did he come back, Kareem? Because he said he would. I didn't even get right. I wasn't right yet. I wasn't turned around yet. I hadn't fixed my life yet. I was still a wretch undone. I was still muddy and dirty. And he came back for me. He came back for me. Somebody need to say thank you, God, for being so faithful. Because you came back for me. Some of them did not come back for me. They left me where I was at. But we need some people who say, God, you have been so faithful. You have been so good. I'll take the opportunity, Keith. I'll take the opportunity to tell you thank you. Because you've been so faithful. I know where I've been. I know where I was at. I know how bad it got. But he came back because he's so faithful. And so I worship him. It makes me emotional. When I think about the people who left, who just didn't come back, they just didn't come back. But he came back for me. 
Mike, he came back for me. He's so faithful, Arnett. He came back for me. And so in the midst of all of it, no matter what's happening, I will worship him. Our, our worship leader, she was being nice over here at Eliante. But she got to a certain part over at Central this morning. And she got defiant. And so I know some of us are in a place where it's hard to worship. Because everything doesn't look like you thought it would. Doesn't look like it should, like you want it to. And sometimes it's hard to press into worship. Because he said, worship me, just love on me. Because worship is all about him and none about you. So this, this is not for you to get something. This is for him to get something. But sometimes it's, we have to be defiant in the face of everything. Of no matter what our life is looking like, Shawnee, we still have to stand up. I felt it in prayer as Pastor Darren was praying on this morning. That there's a pushback in the spirit that we have to do. Lawrence, because the enemy comes to weigh on us. He come to wear us out. He want to make us tired. He want to get us in the place where we won't worship God. Where we won't talk to him. But Tasha this morning, she put her hand on her hip. Y'all know what happened, especially when a, when a lady put her hand on her hip. We mean some things. This is a place of authority, if y'all didn't know for us. This is a place of, I mean what I'm getting ready to say. If I take this position, if I take this posture, I got my hand. Don't make me lean to one side with my hand on my hip. And that's what she did. She meant it. No matter what's happening in your life. There's a position of defiance. Brothers, I don't know what it looked like for you, but you need to find it. But what she did, and she was serving notice on everybody, and maybe even herself. She just took a moment to serve notice. And she wasn't talking to nobody in that room but God. I love you. I love you. I love you. It don't matter what's in my bank account. It don't matter how I was raised and, and how badly I've been treated, Kelly. It just means, God, I don't care what it look like. I love you. Even when I got an attitude. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm still upset about what didn't happen. But it does not cancel out the fact I love you. Uh -huh. I love you anyway. Mm -hmm. I love you anyhow. Yeah. I love you right now. Yeah. I love you. I love you. I can't say nothing for nobody else because that's a personal declaration, y'all. Yeah. I'm going to give you an opportunity because that was between him and Tasha. And this is between me and him. Yeah. What's between you and God? What, what, what you got to say to him this morning? Can you push back everything? Push back everything that happened, everything that did not happen, everything you lost and everything you gained? Can you push it back and still say, I love you. 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 I love you.
joyful noise led to the Lord. Here's my worship. I love you, Lord. Thank you, praise team. If you can't feel the worship in the room, you're not alive. And we need to resuscitate you. If you cannot feel the worship, what does your worship sound like? You heard mine. You heard the praise teams. You heard heard Minister Tasha. You heard the whole band. What does your worship? sound like it is time for us to press in to worship oh I love that I feel the presence of God in the room y'all know what sometimes you just have to push back a little bit when you feel a little resistance trying to come into your life trying to come into your space you just got to push back a little bit so we just we just push back a little bit just a little bit if I let that band go we're gonna tear the roof off of this place And I don't mind, and I don't mind. But we're going to push forward. Um, There is a message from God on this afternoon. I'm listening to see God, because if you don't want us to move, we ain't moving. We're going to stay right here and worship. So I want you to keep your worship available. Is your worship available? I want you to keep your worship available. Because at any moment, at any time, Shay, it just might break out. In here, and I don't want you looking around like I don't know what just happened. Keep your worship available. I don't want you to miss out. Y'all stand with me all over the place. We're gonna do this because I do believe that there is a word from God in the place. And so let's read this all together. Romans 12 and 1 in the Amplified Version. Uh, wait a minute. If you are on um, on Facebook, James, there was a screen that I saw that said, share this. I want to give us an opportunity to share this. If you are on, y'all go ahead and take your phones out. I know we're not supposed to have our phone, but I feel something. And I don't want anybody to miss out on what God is going to do. We are New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante. We are live right now. Hello to everybody who is on the live feed. I pray that you can feel what we're feeling in this room. But I want you all to share this and share this right now. We're not trying to get numbers up. We're trying to get God up. He said if he be lifted up, then he would draw all men to him. And so we're lifting him up right now. And so if you got your phone out, it's New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante. We are live. You ought to see me on the screen when you get there. Just share it. Tag somebody who needs it. Everybody is not in the place where they just coming on automatically. Sometimes, that, like I said, we got to push back a little bit. Sometimes we have to push to help our people get what they need. My prayer is that somebody on your feed comes across the word of God and it changes their life forever. Because this is a place where you can meet Jesus, change your life, and find your purpose. And so my prayer is that somebody come across the feed that you shared today, and they get to meet Jesus, and they get to change in their life, and they get to finding their purpose. It's what we do. And so I thank you, everybody who pulled out your phone. I thank you for your obedience. I pray there is a blessing on you right now. 
because you said, God, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'll post it everywhere, even right here on my Facebook page. Come on. All right, let's get to this word. It is in Romans 12, and I feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you, whoever and everybody who shared it. I feel the presence of God so heavy right now that somebody is coming across. Somebody needs this so bad. They need it. They need the community. They need the word of God. They need it so bad, and you just delivered it to them. Because they'll come and scroll on Facebook and somebody, ooh, I feel the presence of God. Somebody said this morning, God, uh, y'all know how we, how we uh, lay that stuff out to God. Well, God, if I see a bird pass by, then I know it's you. Well, God, if the blue car stop right here, I know it's you. Y'all know if my phone ring right now, God, then I know it's you. Well, somebody levied an ultimatum to God on this morning. That God, if you come up on my Facebook page and I'll watch. God, if I see you on, on this feed, because all I see is junk. But if I see you on here today, then I'll know it's you talking to me. We just delivered on God. We just delivered. God said, don't mess with me. I got a people that'll go and do what I asked them to do. And so I thank you, God. For the obedience of your people. Oh God, that we are meeting the need. We are ministers, all of us, and we are meeting the need. Yeah? Okay, let's get to it. I feel God in this place. And somebody's life has just changed because you took out your cell phone. Because you were obedient in the place of worship, in the place of prayer. And so God, I said, thank you. I believe it's one of your friends right here in the uh, tan shirt. I believe it's one of your friends. It's one of your friends. You come back and tell me that one of my friends saw my shared feed. I believe one of the people is on, on your friendship list. My God. Okay, now let's read this. Romans 12 and 1 in the Amplified Version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart, as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. 1 Corinthians 10.31 in the NIV says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You may have your seats. Here is my worship. All of my worship. Receive my worship. All of my worship. And I will not be silent. I will always worship you. As long as I am breathing I will always worship you here is my worship all of my worship receive my worship all of my all of my all of my all of my worship Sure. And I will not be silent. I will always, always, always worship you. Here is my worship. All of, all of my worship.
Here is my worship. All of my worship. Our theme for this month is worship. We have learned that worship is lifting up our God while decreasing, while lowering ourselves, while bringing ourselves down, we're lifting God up. It's placing God at the center of our lives. It's our, our worship. Dr. Parson has gave us over the past couple of weeks that we worship with our words. You know, words like, God, I love you. I adore you. Our praise team has just demonstrated it. God, there's none like you. I lift you up. I bless your name, God. You are great in this earth. I worship you. We, we worship him with our words, and we, we worship him with our act, with our posture, with our bowing down. For the last couple of weeks, she's had Minister Marias to come up here and, and come down in a bowed position, put his knees on the ground, his forehead on the ground, outstretch its hands into a place of, of worship, an act of worship. This is our place. We are bowing down in here. That position means that you're vulnerable. You're surrendered. You are unworthy. God, I am lifting you up and I am bowing my life low. I am decreasing right now in your presence. This kind of worship is done in your home. It's done here in the church. You find a secret place in your home and, and you bow down and you get down on your knees. And, and some of us do it right here in the church where we'll come in here, we'll lift up our hands in worship and we'll cry in worship because we love him. Some of us, like our pastor did today, we even get down on our knees. It is our attitude of worship in our homes and, and here in the church. But I have a question for you. This afternoon, what happens when you get up from that bowed position? What happens when you come out, when you come out of your house? Where is your worship? What has happened to your worship when you're not here, when, when people can see you? Have you made room for worship? For some of you, you don't know that song that I started with, here is my worship, all of my worship. But we sing that song in here often. And all of us really get into the song, God, here is my worship, uh, all of my worship. And then I won't be silent, God. I will always, I will always worship you. Here's my worship. And so my question is, once you get up, from that private time at home. And, and once you leave out of here on a Sunday, where is your worship? Did you leave it at church? Did you leave it at home? Where is your worship? For many of us, our lives look like a separation of church and state. The separation of church and state is a clause in the First Amendment law, and it's the idea that government should remain neutral toward all religions and not officially recognize or favor any one religion. For us, there's a separation in us. We are separated in our lives, but for us, we are the governing body over our lives. We do what we want to do. We decide what we are going to do. 
So you are the governing body. You represent the state in this illustration. You're governing your life, but there's a separation between the state and the church. The church represents your worship. It represents your relationship with God. But for us, we're only together when we're in church. We're only together when you're in your place of, of worship by yourself. But what happens when you come out? Do you look like there's a separation between church and state? Does anybody know that you serve God? Does anybody know or are you like the government? I'm just neutral now. I don't favor one or the other. Is there a separation of church and state in your life? In here, we know who you are because we see you clap your hands and we see you stand up at home. You know who you are because you're in your private place, in your secret place. But what about when you come out of there, when you leave the church? Is there a separation in your relationship, in your worship, with that which governs your body and tells you what to do and your worship? Are they still together? Are they still tied together? Are they still flowing together? Where is your worship when you come out? But we live in the kingdom of God, and there is no separation between church and state in the kingdom of God. We were created to worship. Worship is what we do. We are created to have an integrated life. All of it is supposed to come together. Your will, what you decide to do, and worship. So when you leave out, where is your worship? What does your worship look like in your home when you're not in that private place? When you're interacting with your spouse, with your children, with your friends, with your community, what does your worship look like when you're in your workplace, when you're in the marketplace, when people come by you, they happen upon you? What does your worship look like then? Are you still bowed down? Is your life still bowed down? Or have you left your worship at church? Or did you leave your worship? In your private room, in your house, where you go in and close the door, how does it look to you? Well, I have good news for you on this afternoon. Because if you don't know where your worship is, or if you've left it in the church or at your house, then I have good news. It is moving day on this afternoon. We are going to move some things to make room for worship. We are going to move some things out of the way. We're going to move some things around, and we're going to move some things in, into your life so that we can get a hold of, get a hold of, of this worship. Since we were created to worship. And I don't know about you, but every time somebody say move, I got an attitude. We got to pack up all of this stuff. Now somebody got to get it on the truck. You start pulling out all of that stuff. Uh, Chikwe, you don't even know how much stuff you had up in there. And now I need some help. Well, I have to tell you that help is on the way today. You got help moving that stuff because God has sent us on this afternoon to help you move that stuff that is in the way of your worship because we don't want you to leave it at the church and we don't want you to only leave it in that one room that you pray in at your house. We're going to move some things. It's, it's moving day. 
In the text, we see the Apostle Paul writing to the Romans and the Corinthians. In Romans 12, 1, he said, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, your logical, intelligent act of worship. Then he says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do do all of it, not just Sunday, not just when you're in your, your place of worship at the house in your room, but do it all for the glory of God. And I had to look up the word all. I, I needed to find out what the meaning of the word all was. What's the, you know, pastor get into the, the, to the exegesis. She want us to pull out the true meaning of the word. What did it mean when they wrote it? What did it mean in the original language? And so I had to go back to the Hebrew, Marias, and I, and I had to go back to the Greek because it says all, do all that you do, whatever you do, do all of it to the glory of Christ. And so I looked up all, and I want you to write down what the definition of all is in the Greek and in the Hebrew so that you have it. All means all. All means all. No matter which language you're writing it in, all means all. So, so whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He reminds us to present our bodies, all of ourselves. Worship is to be a continual. Worship is to be perpetual. It's happening, and it's happening, and it's still happening, and it's still going. I'm in a constant state of worship. Today is all about a lifestyle of worship. Not a single moment, not that just one time. It is in about a lifestyle of worship. It is all that we do. So, so let's make room for worship on this afternoon. We got some stuff to move out, some stuff to move around, and some stuff to move in. And so I love the Apostle Paul. He wrote both of the scriptures that we are speaking from on this afternoon. I love him because he understood that sometimes you might have to move some things out. Sometimes you have to move them around. And sometimes you have to move some things in. For those of you who don't know who the Apostle Paul is, he wrote most of the New Testament Bible. He is the one who was persecuting the Jesus followers. He did not believe in that. Paul said, I'm taking all of them out. He was arresting them. He was chasing after them. He was going to the leaders like, give me written permission to go after them. He was dragging them back in. If you believed in Jesus, you were an enemy to Paul. That was his job. Worship was not in the picture. Not the way it should be. The same way with us. Worship is in your picture, but not the way it should be. Some of us are worshiping some things that we should not be worshiping. So let's take a look at Paul. What did Paul have to move out? The first thing he had to move out is, is busyness and preoccupation. Paul was busy. He was preoccupied with what he wanted to do. I'm going to get the Jesus followers. I don't care what it takes. I'll go out of town. I'll get permission.
permission from the leaders. I am going to get them. He was preoccupied. It was his job. He was hunting them down to seek them out, to persecute the Jesus followers. It was his thing. Apparently, there wasn't room for much else because that's all we really know about him earlier on, how smart he was. But we knew more about his job. This is what he was called to do. And this is what he did. He was preoccupied with it. It was an important work to him. It was a, a necessary work to him. But what did God call him to do? That was his busyness. That was his preoccupation. And so I ask you, because he needs to move that out of the way to make room for worship. What is your preoccupation? What is your busyness? What is in the way of you living a lifestyle of worship? What occupies your time? Is it your work? Is it your job? Is it the things that you have to do? Did you not even think about, I wonder if I should be worshiping God beyond church and beyond when I go into my private place at home. What am I supposed to do now? I'm, I'm so busy. I got so many things to do. But for him to live a lifestyle of worship, he had to move some things out. And so that busyness and that preoccupation had to be moved out. And I hear some of you already say, but Pastor Sharonda, I got to work. I got to take care of my family. I have to make some money. Yeah, but that shouldn't be at the top of your list. Worship. A lifestyle of worship. The God that we serve should be at the top of your list. Yeah, go to work. Make some money. But get it in the right place and do the right thing. And as a matter of fact, everybody and all of your busyness and your preoccupation is not at work. Some of us at the mall. Some of us in that online shopping. Some of y'all just still scrolling and scrolling. Y'all got all that stuff in that cart. You got your cart reserved, and you ain't even hit the go button on that stuff. You're so preoccupied on that stuff. You still shopping online. Busyness and preoccupation. Some of y'all, you, you, you keep knowing about that cart. Cart just full of things. I don't know if it's him or his wife, but the cart is full. Just preoccupied. Oh, I think I'm going to get this. I mean, when you need to move some of that busyness, that preoccupation out so that you can have room for worship. For some of you, you on social media. You're the social media, a kingpin and queenpin. You, every time we go on there, you on there. You got a saying. And for some reason, this I never figured this out on, on social media. We'll post a quote about uh, dogs on the loose in the neighborhood. But then we put our picture on there. We'll post a scripture about God, right? But then my picture's on there. Do we <laughs> what do you have to do with the dogs on the loose posed up? What do you have to do with the scripture of God? But you got the scripture all on your picture. You're preoccupied and you're busy. And it's not what God called you to do. And some of you cannot sit down. You cannot be still without the game coming on on your tablet or your phone. You're always playing that game. You're preoccupied and you're too busy to worship. There are some things that need to be moved out. Or you know every movie that's out on Hulu and Netflix, on all of them. Just ask, you know, y'all seen that. 
uh, uh, housewife. There is some things that need to be moved out because you don't have room for worship. Paul understood that. And so some of your preoccupation, your busyness, it needs to be moved out. The other thing that needs to be moved out is your pride. For some of us, we don't have room for worship because our pride is so great. Psalms 10, 3 and 4 says, he boasts about the cravings of his heart, the prideful. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord, the prideful. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek God. In all of his thoughts, there is no room for God. You have no room because of your pride. You have no room because of what you think you know. You have no room because you're always right. It's my pride, and I don't have time for that. All pride is not bad, but this pride right here. He said, in pride, the wicked man does not seek him, and he leaves no room for God. For some of us, we need to bring our pride down. And we think pride only shows up in somebody that's haughty and they prideful. It also shows up in your bashfulness. It also shows up in your embarrassment. It also shows up in, you know, I can't do that like they do that. It also shows up and you're sitting in here and knowing that God has done something for you and you refuse to lift your hands up. You refuse to clap your hands to God. You refuse to say thank you because you don't understand why it takes all that. It's your, your pride that is in the way. There are some things, it's moving day, yeah? We come to help each other move some stuff out of the way. Some of it is your pride, your, your shyness. I just, no, I can't do that. I'm embarrassed. That's your pride. Because you're afraid of how you're going to look. You're afraid of how it might happen or might not happen. There's some things that need to be moved out because the scripture says that a prideful person leaves no room for God but we're making room we're making room today did I forget to tell y'all that we in this together on today y'all looking like oh man she <laughs> oh but no this is for all of us I had to say ouch a whole bunch of times through this because I want to get my worship right and I want a lifestyle of worship and so we're going to move through it so your busyness and your preoccupation those are boxes that need to be moved out that stuff has to go your pride it has to be moved out but the other thing that has to be moved out is your ignorance your ignorance has to be moved out don't try to to keep that you know too much but you don't know enough and some of it you just don't understand. You, you just haven't taken the time to know it. Paul had to get his ignorance out of the way. There were some things that he just didn't know. He refused to know even though it was right in front of him. For some of us, there are some things that are right in front of us concerning God, concerning worship. But we're ignorant to them because we refuse to know. Because when the teacher or the preacher or the sermon gets too close to an area that you don't understand, you turn off. I'm not listening to that. I don't believe that. I don't know where that came from. And so your ignorance reigns in those spaces. Ignorance. We have to move it out. 
And I don't want you to say, oh, the pastor called everybody ignorant. I did not. I said ignorance. It's a not knowing. I, I didn't even know what I didn't know. I didn't even know I didn't know that. But I'm going around like I know. That's my ignorance. I won't admit I need some help. Because if the ignorant admitted that they need some help or, you know what, pastor, I didn't understand what you said. Now I am no longer ignorant. I'm coming into the no. But when we walk around and keep it, we remain that. And so ignorance has to go. But I almost, it was, a, it was between ignorance and intellect that had to go. Had to move out. Put that in the box and move that out of here because we're making room for worship. For some of you, it's not your ignorance. It's your intellect. You're so smart. You know so many things. You are so well-rounded. Ask me about anything and I know. And I can find the answer. It is my, I'm deep. I'm a deep thinker. It is my, my intellect. Your intellect has to get out of the way of your worship. Because your intellect, your smarts will talk you out of worship. It'll talk you out of the necessity to worship God. Your intellect will take you down the road that will leave you further and further. There's that separation of church and state. It happened in your intellect and what I believe that I know. Your intellect has to go in the outbox. Now, I'm not telling you that you're not smart and don't use your smart, but when it comes to the things of God, it's a spiritual connection. Not so much of a head connection, a, a thinking connection. I can think my way through this. You cannot. It's a heart connection when it comes to spiritual things. And so for all of you who feel like I'm smart, and most of y'all would tell us I'm smart. <laughs> I'm a smart person. On this afternoon, it's time for uh, your intellect to go because it's partnered with ignorance. And it's making you fail at the thing that you need most, and that is to worship God. Your intellect is too smart for you, too smart for this. It thinks it can supersede God, and it cannot. And so ignorance, intellect, they have to go. That's, that's the outbox. The next box is this, he had to move some things around. So we're moving some things out, and now we got to move some things around. The first thing that you have to move around, it's moving day, y'all. The first thing you have to move around is your mindset. Your mindset has to be rearranged. It's, it's the way that you think. It's the attitudes that you hold. That's the same thing with Paul. He was holding the wrong attitudes. And we have to be able to reset, redirect our, our mindset. We have to change the way that we think, the way that we perceive, the way that we set them on God and set them on worship. We have to understand in our minds, we have to gain an understanding that we were created to worship him. We become such a haughty people. Such an entitled people. Such a greedy people when we re uh, refuse to worship. Because worship is all about him and none about you. We are so used to coming into the place of prayer and asking for something. We all do that. 
We want something. We petition God. We spend an hour asking God for some things. I spend an hour asking God for some things. But when it comes to worship, it's not about you. It's not about what you can get if you worship. It is a pure, it is pure adoration to God. It is a pure bowing down to God. It is a pure vulnerable place. I give myself away. I said, thank you, God. I love you. You are faithful. It's not for me to say, oh, when I get up from here, God is going to do something. It's not for me to enter into worship and say all of that and then say, okay, so God, this is what I need. Spend a moment in worship. Get up and don't ask for anything. Just worship. I adore you. I love you, God. There's no one like you. And mean it. And mean it. Change your mindset. Our mindset is set on we always have to get something. Something's coming back my way. If I do this, I'm going to get something. And that's the way we treat God. But this is our time of worship. And it's only about him. Find yourself in that. So you have to change your, your mindset. And the other thing that needs to be moved around is your priorities. What's at the top of your list? I know some of us are planners, and some of you have your planner, and some of you have all those bells that go off in your phone all day, um, and that you are, that's you, Shay. And all of us are, we're always on time. Um, and and, and uh, my, my priorities are in place. I have them. Where's worship on the list? Where does worship fall on your list? Is it only here on Sunday? Is it in your room right before you leave uh, or right before you go to bed at night? But when you step out of your door, there is no worship. We said to God, here is my worship, all of my worship. Where is your worship on your priority list? Where is wanting to know how to worship? Where are you putting it at? Where is your worship when you're at home with your spouse? Where is your worship when you're with your children? Can I worship when I'm at home with them? Don't I need my own private space to be in worship? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Get Go into your secret closet and close the door and worship? Isn't that what you do at church? Close everybody out like there's nobody around you and worship? We're talking about a lifestyle of worship. So that means you have to do it in front of people. That means somebody might see it. And so we are setting our priorities. We're moving them around to make room for worship. That our first thing in the morning is not, a, oh, man, I got to go to work. Oh, man, I got to get some coffee. Did, you, did the coffee on yet? I got to leave early enough so I can stop and get some coffee. Priority, that's the priority. I got to leave early enough to stop and get some coffee. I need to get some breakfast going. Where is your priority of worship? Who wakes up and says, how can I worship you today, God? And we're learning this all together. And your spouse, you're looking at your spouse. And, you know, man, y'all looking at her with that bonnet on. Uh, and she ain't got no makeup on. And can you look at her first thing in the morning before she get put together? Say, God. How can I, <laughs> God, how can I worship? 
How can I worship you in loving my wife? How can I worship you? It's the same thing for you, ladies. He done snored all night. I ain't even slept good because you've been snoring. I keep trying to wake you up and nudge you. I ain't got no sleep. And so my first thought in the morning is not uh, how can I worship. It's like get out of this bed so I can get some sleep. That's the, somebody said CPAP. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us. But instead of you looking at him cross-sided like, man, please just get up. Can you ask God, how can I worship you by loving this man that you have given me? How can I, how can I worship? The same thing with those kids. Instead of, let me get up and get them something. Now I got to get up and take them to school. Do we ever? It's a lifestyle. How can I worship you, God, by serving my children? How can I worship you? Y'all, becomes a lifestyle of worship. We do so much mumbling and complaining and all of that. When Instead of finding this lifestyle of worship. We complained about these kids, but I want to challenge us. And I know most of us have probably never said that, but I want you to put it on your agenda. God, how can I worship you through loving my spouse? How can I worship you through caring for my children? How can I worship you by being with my friends? How can I worship you? As I step into this job and in this workplace, how can I worship you? Because we complain about that job. We tired of that job. I can't wait till I can retire. They think they know everything at the top. I want a new job. Our priorities. That's all about me, ain't it? That's a, a pride thing. But your priority would say, God, how can I worship you at this job today? And we're going to get there. And so those are the things that you need to move around. So we had to move out busyness and preoccupation. We had to move out pride and ignorance and intellect. We had to move around our mindset and, and move around our priorities. But now there's some things that need to be moved in. There's some things that need to, to come in as we're making room for our worship. Because the scripture said, whatever you do, do it all. For the glory of God. Do all that you do to the glory of God. And I had to look at that. And I was so grateful for Dr. Parson. Because last Sunday in uh, uh, Sunday school. Did y'all go to Sunday school? Did you know that we had a Sunday school? I am informing you now so that you are not ignorant to the fact that we have help. That we have Sunday school. It is at 8 a.m. on the Central Campus page where our senior pastor, Dr. Parson, is our teacher. And I was so grateful for last Sunday because I had been asking, that there's so many definitions for the glory of God. What is the glory of God? And even that scripture says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And so what is the, the glory of God? Well, she gave us five things that she got from the author, uh, Rick Warren. And it says that the glory of God is the essence of his nature. Do all that you do to the glory of God, which is at his, the 
essence of who he is, at the, the seat, the soul of who God is. It's all that he is. It's all that he encompasses. So I'm doing everything to the essence of God, to all that God is. That's what I'm doing to the glory of God. And the other one is uh, to the weight of his importance. I'm doing everything to the weight of God's importance of who he is in my life, who he is in this world. Do y'all know what he weighs? Could you put God on a scale? But it says everything that you do, do it to the weight of his importance. How important is he to you? How important is he in this world, in this life? And can you do everything that you do to the weight of that importance? If you did everything that you do to the weight of that importance, you would do it at the top, at the very best. All that I can do because I can't match the weight of his importance in creation and in life. And then the glory is the radiance of his splendor. Oh, the light, his beauty. I love that scripture where it says, I'm able to stand in the temple and behold his beauty. Do it to the radiance of his splendor. He is the light of this world. We're not in the dark right now because of the radiance of his splendor. And so everything that I do, I'm doing it to the glory of God. That's what that means, y'all. And then it says another definition for glory is the demonstration of his power. And I got stuck right here. Do it all to the glory of God, which is the demonstration of his power. Has God demonstrated his power to you? Has he showed up in any way in his power in your life? Y'all looking like, I don't know if I've seen the power of God. I've seen it and I know it for myself. He has demonstrated it to me. He has shown himself to me the demonstration of his power. Do you know that there were at least four men that came through this church that suffered with severe illness? Four of them. One of them walking the street almost in the nude, thinking he was the return of the prophet of the Bible. Do you know that? One of them, God showed us that this man is going to commit suicide if somebody does not get them. One of them lost his mind and said that he was under demonic attack. Do you know that? But more than that, did you know them? Do you know God? Do you know that he demonstrated his power by healing all of those men? Do you know that those men are still whole and well? Oh, y'all ain't seen the power of God. I see them do it. I see them work. I see them demonstrate his power. What have you seen him do? I seen him heal the sick. I seen him give a baby to a barren, oh God, to a barren womb. I seen him demonstrate his power. Say when the doctor said there was no hope that he was going to have to be in ICU that his lungs would not recover. I seen God demonstrate his power and heal a man whole and give him life. I seen him do it. I seen him. Pastor Latasha said that she has trouble breathing. She has respiratory issues. I seen God. I seen him demonstrate his power. 
I seen it in my own personal life. But there's a man that I, I pray I'd never forget, Pastor. And his name is William. And William came across the prayer team. And William was in the hospital with COVID. William was in the hospital for over eight months with COVID. They said that William was dead. Um, they had him intubated. They said that um, he was brain dead. His lungs collapsed. They called his family to the hospital. Y'all gather around because we're taking William off of the life support. There is no more life left in this man. Eight months he was in ICU, intubated. They said he was brain dead. They said his lungs would not recover, that this infection had taken over his body. His sisters got to the hospital and gathered around his bed. And the doctor says, okay, we're going to do it. And one of those sisters said, no, don't do it. My brother said he wants to live. My brother said he was fight to live. So let's just give it a little bit of more time. But the doctor said, ma'am, you, you know, you're just stretching this out. You're wasting time. Meantime, we were still praying for William. Every now and then we would just call and say, how's William? He's still holding on. Have you heard anything about William? He's still in the hospital. Is William still around? He's still there. Can I tell y'all that William is driving around Las Vegas? Can I tell y'all that William is walking? That William is living his life? I don't know about you, but I praise him in all that I do to the glory of God because I have seen the demonstration of his power. You got to get you a testimony that I seen him do it. What'd you see him do? What did you see him do? What did you see him do for you? I seen him do it. And so whatever I do, I do it all for the glory of God and for the atmosphere of his presence. I just want him to be around. There's something that happens when he's in the room. There's something that happens when he manifests himself. I pray that you have felt it. And so let me hurry along. It is for us to move in. There's some things we need to move in. We didn't move them out and moved them around, but you need to move in some time. Move in time to worship. Move in time to bow down. Move in time to recall the goodness of the Lord. Move in some time. You're so busy that you don't have time to even think about it. But move in time so that you can worship him in all that you do. Move in some time that you can ask him, God, how should I worship you on today? How should I worship in this family? Move in some time. The other thing that you need to move in is your task. What you have to do. Worship is an act and an attitude. Where is your worship? In your family, we gave you an example. Ask God, how can I worship you by serving in my family, by serving my kids, in my job, in my community, in my task, I want to worship you. God, I have a business. How can I worship you? How can I give back? How can I give honor and glory to your name? And if you're asking God that I'm doing this through worship, there ought to be some things that you are not able to do. That's swindling. That side hustling, those untruths, 
There ought to be some things that you are, are not able to do. I'm doing this all in worship. That gossip, the way you talking about people. There ought to be some things that you are not able to do if you're doing them in worship. Because you've demonstrated your power. My God. And then the next thing is uh, move in the tips. Move in. We didn't move in some time. We're going to worship him in our task and what we're doing in all that we do. But now we need to move in the tips. But what's the tips, Pastor Sharonda? I've worked in, I used to, he took me out. I worked in the casino industry here in Las Vegas for 19 years. I worked in the gaming industry, so I was on the floor where people played, where they, where they gambled, where they won money. And so there was an expectation that when people won money on the floor, that they would give us a tip. And their 10%, Ronnie knows, was what we required. We didn't require, we sure hoped for it though. That people would give us 10% of their winnings. So if you want $50, then we would expect five. If you want $100, we wanted 10 of those dollars. If you won $2,000, we wanted 200 of those dollars. And if you won $20,000, then we expected 2,000 of those dollars. And can I tell y'all that the people give? Everybody didn't tell. But we had people that tipped us, that gave that 10%. For some of you, there is such a hindrance in your worship because you won't even give God a tip. If money is mentioned to you, you're out. Not only is your worship not here, it's not there, it's nowhere. Your heart becomes hardened, it starts to beat fast, your lips get sideways. As soon as somebody say money, and we, all we're asking for is a tip, could we not at least give God what we give the world? Do you know that there are people giving that 10% tip, but we won't give a 10% tip to God? That's all he asks for, it's your act of worship. To give generously unto God. But when we talk about money, you act like you're giving it to me or the pastor. You act like you're giving it to the church. God said that he loves a cheerful giver. He said that we are to give generously. He told us to give hilariously. All he asked you for was a tip. But y'all do God the way you do your friends when y'all sitting at the table. How much, how much you going to get? What you think? You think that was worth that? That didn't even do that good. She didn't even come back. And so now we want to grovel about what we ought to give God. I got to fight with some folk when I go out to eat with them because I'm a tipper. And I'm a big tipper. You're leaving them all of that? You going to give them that? But that's some of you. All God is asking you for is a tip. He's not even asking for all of it, and he could. And he wants you to give it to him generously, not begrudgingly. I guess I'll leave something. It's just a, a tip. Some of you, 
It is such a hardened place. It is such an ignorant place that you won't give to God. Some of you repeat the same old rhetoric. They, the pastor's getting all of the money. That is not your experience. That is something that you are repeating of what you heard. That's ignorance. But God loves a cheerful giver. And he's only asking you for a tip. And we struggle to do that. This was a point right here where I'm leveling up my worship, y'all. We're all in this together. I told you we were in this together. I don't want to fight with a tip because when I was working, I expected that. And I had an attitude. We was, oh, if y'all didn't tip, oh, Pastor Darren, if the people did not tip, or oh, y'all got talked about and we knew you when you came back in. If we didn't remember nobody, we remembered you, non-tipper, when you came back in. And we don't want God to hold nothing against us because he's not that kind of a God. But could he look at you and say, I remembered her when she came in. I remembered him when he came in. They're non-tippers. They don't even take care of God. Don't be on that list. God wouldn't even look at you and scowl. But he is looking at your heart. And he does know. He does know. He does know what the stronghold is for you. He does know where your priorities lie. It lies in that money. And when money comes up, worship is going out the window. You, here's my worship. Until you ask for some money. And now you're like, where's my worship? Where is it? Y'all, we are leveling up. This is what Paul said of the Macedonians who gave, um, who gave their offering. He said, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Those who give, you are a fragrant offering. You are pleasing to God. Not to Pastor Parson. Not to Pastor Sharonda, not to the finance team, though we appreciate it, but your offering is to God. Can he say, oh, I'm pleased. I'm pleased with him. I'm pleased with her. They are. They didn't say the offering was. They said the individual was a fragrant offering to the God, to our God, and that it is pleasing to him. Can we even equate what God has done to 10%? Isn't he worth at least that? Y'all, this is our time to level up our worship. And it's in all ways. I want my lifestyle to be in worship. I want to take care of, of my whole life. It's in my worship. God, how can I worship you with this money? You ever say that when you get your check? How can I worship you with this? We're afraid to ask him. Because we don't know what he's going to say. We don't know how much he, what he where he's going to tell us to send it. But God, here's my worship. All of my, all is all, all of my worship. Receive my worship. Even with this paycheck, God, 
Because we get stingy, we start counting the bills, and we start doing all of that. But what happened to your worship? Here's my worship. God, how can I worship you with this money, with this check? Because I don't want to be entitled. I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to have no stronghold in my life. And I don't want money to be a hindrance to me. So here's my, here's my worship. Y'all, we have to come into a place where we are leveling up our worship. And the last one is thanksgiving. I'm ready. It's our thanksgiving. Move in your time. Move in your task. Move them in. Move in your tips and move in your thanksgiving, y'all. We have to be grateful. We have to thank God. Don't go another season, another time without being thankful for all that there is. Don't, don't, don't do that. We have to be able to worship God in all things. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And there's one more that I have to say as we go out in thanksgiving. As you interact with self, as you take care of yourself, are you doing that to the glory of God? Can I look at you and say, oh, she's a worshiper. Oh, he's a worshiper. Look at how they take care of themselves. What did Paul say? He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God. Can you say that the way that I've cared for this body, here's my worship. The way that I eat, the way that I exercise, my mental health, the way I take care of my mind, here's my worship. Is it acceptable, God? Is it pleasing to you? Here's my worship. Y'all, we must come into a place. And this is for all of us. We're in this together. I had to say, ouch, when he said that. Sharonda, when you take care of your body, have you ever said, God, how can I worship you in this body? What does that look like as I worship you, as I interact with myself, as I present myself as a living sacrifice? Here's my worship. It's my reasonable act of worship. Y'all, we have to level up our worship. It's not for us to feel down about it on today because many of us, even me, I've never thought about my whole life I wanted to be an act of worship. As I interact with my husband and my children and my grandson, my family, as I interact with all of you, I want it to be an act of worship. As I interact with myself, as I care for myself, I want it to be an act of worship. Here's my worship. Ask yourself as you say, God, here's my worship. Is it pleasing to you? 
Is it a fragrant aroma? Can it be cleaned up? Yeah. And so we move in Thanksgiving. There's some things that we have to keep in the room as we make space for worship. In everything, everything, in everything, in all that you do, let's come into the practice of asking, how can I worship you here? Y'all, we have an ever-present help. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. And he will help us in all things. He's not going to say, well, you ought to know how to do that. He knows we don't. He's faithful. He's gracious. He'll show us how to do it. Because I want to proudly say, I want to in honor say, I want to with a life bowed down say, God, here's my worship. Here's all of me. Not only in church, not only in my private place, and that's fine. But don't leave your worship here. And don't leave it in that one room in your house. This is for all of us to level up our worship. And I believe that we all can. I believe that all of us who want to will. And so let's stand all over the place on this afternoon. Because I want us to level up worship. I want all of us to, to say, God, I'm, I'm coming into a higher place of worship. And so as we begin to go into this, this new year, we're right at the end. But I, I'm making a declaration to myself that I won't leave this, this year without leveling up my worship. I'm going to still be working on it when 2023 comes. It's going to be my work. It's my work. I want to honor you with my life, God. I believe this, y'all. I believe, God. I believe, Jesus. He's been so good, so why would we not worship? And so if that's you... I just want you to come to the altar. I just want to touch and agree. If you're saying, I'm, I need to level up my worship. I am not ashamed to say it. Pride is not in my way. My life belongs to you. I'm here because of you, God. Here's my worship. And I'm Lord, yes to your will and yes to your way. My God, we said thank you. Some of you are saying, I, I, I want to. I, I want to. I want to level up this worship. I want to know God like that. I, I want to enter into this relationship. If you're here in this place and you have not said yes to him, if you've never invited him into your life, this is your opportunity. This is your day. He's been so faithful to you. He's been so good to you. Even when we don't know to thank him, he's still there. He was still taking care of me before I even knew to say thank you, Lord, or praise you, God. I didn't even know to call out his name, but he was still being so faithful to me. And for some of you, that's your testimony. He's just, he's just been good, even though I never, never invited him into my life. And so if you're here and you have never said this prayer before, here's your opportunity. Your opportunity to invite him into your life. 
Because I, I, I owe you a worship. I was created to worship. And so just repeat this prayer after me. And if you've, you've never said it before, then say that. And once you say it, it's done. You have Jesus. He's in your life. He's already been there, but he waits for an invitation. He waits to be invited in. We don't need there to be no separation in you, but just a whole person that is operating in the will of God. We don't have to hide anything. This is just who we are. And so say this prayer with me if you want to. Invite Jesus into your life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I've made some mistakes. But I believe, God, that you sent your son for me. Come into my life. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. If you said that, it's done. You've just invited Jesus into your life. It's the best thing. It's the best thing that you could ever do in your life. It's the best thing that you can ever do in your life. And so if you said that prayer for the first time, just raise your hand. We just want to make sure that you receive a book um, that tells you what you just did, that tells all about this decision that you just made. And so if you're here and you said that for the first time, just raise your hand and she'll come and bring you a book. Amen. Thank you for that. Thank you. We have a, a rededication over here. Some of y'all, we just need to rededicate. Yeah, that was a real message. And so if you said, you know what, I've said that message before, but I feel like I need a do-over. I need a fresh start. And so if you're rededicating yourself and you said that prayer, just raise your hand and she'll bring you um, a book, just some information uh, for you. And so that is it. Let me pray over everyone. Father God, we said thank you for your word today. We said thank you for your presence in this place. God, we said thank you that you are leveling up our worship. God, we want it to be a lifestyle of worship. Not just a moment, but a lifestyle. Not just in a hidden place, but a lifestyle. And so we said thank you now, God, for the increase, for the level up of worship. Let every seed that was planted here on today, God, let it take root. Let us go, oh God, being mindful that our life is to worship you. We were created to worship. We said thank you now, God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Here's my worship. All of my worship. Receive my worship, all of my worship, amen. And the other song says, I will make room for you. I will prepare for two. So you don't feel that you can't live here 
It's in your way. Whatever it is, Lord, if it takes your space, because I, I will make room. It's moving day. God can move those things over that are in his way. That is our service for today. And we would love for someone to say, Look, this is the place where I know I have to level up in my worship. And if you would love to be a member of New Antioch, we certainly would love to be your church home. You can see someone out there at the welcome desk, or you can raise your hand right now, and I'll send them to you to say, this is the place I believe that I need to set myself so that I can grow and grow in worship. Anybody today want to be a member, want to join? Everybody here is already hooked in amen or you're hooked in somewhere you need to be somewhere and as she talked about being worship your worship in giving some of you came a little later we want to give you the opportunity to do that worship we're in a bit of a a crisis here we're not worried about it because god will provide but he wants to provide through you he's already provided he just put it in your account and so many of us have not leveled up in our worship and giving. We don't have as many tithers in the church that you think we might. So many people are, won't even give the tip that he asked for that is due him. And so we're going to be, we, we have to teach you how to be blessed, but also to be thankful and to be grateful and to worship in giving. So if you have not given today, or if you know you need to level up in your giving, you have an opportunity still to give. Put that screen back up for me. Um, you can give at nuantioc-aliante.org. You can give uh, by cash app. Okay, I'll take that one. Text New Antioch uh, to 77977. You can cash app us at New A Aliante. Don't forget to put the two A's in there. New A Aliante. Again, you can give at newantioch-aliante.org. If you'd like an offering envelope, just raise your hand and they'll bring an envelope now and you can give on as you exit the sanctuary. Anybody need an offering envelope? 
or you can also give uh, by credit or a debit card uh, as you exit the sanctuary will be there and uh, those of you that might want to mail in so don't leave here without your worship in giving starting on tomorrow night the kingdom academy will be back in session there are four there are three classes that we're offering tomorrow night right here at aliante you can take biblical study methods with our own pastor darian uh, regan uh, at, on wednesday night at central campus you can take 20, uh, 21st century evangelism. All of these classes are needed for graduation. 21st century ev evangelism. Uh, Pastor Tiffany will be teaching that. Thursday night at Central Campus, I will be teaching um, message writing. Message writing for those of you who are called to ministry and want to level up your ability to break out the word of God and share the word of God. That will be on Thursday night. Uh, so go to the-kingdom-academy dot, I think I said dot com on the, on the weekend update, but it's dot org. The-kingdom-academy dot org and go ahead and register for those classes. I'm also offering two more independent study classes. That's Leadership 101 and Leadership 102. Uh, as an independent study, you can register for it as well. Then I'll be in touch with you to give you your independent study. I'm teaching those as well in an independent study. So please go ahead and register. Let us know um, if you don't have it right now, but you want to take the class, just let us know that you're going to be there. Let Pastor Darian know uh, or myself that you will be in class this week. There are six-week classes, uh, $60 for six weeks. Uh, classes going toward graduating from the Kingdom Academy. You might just want to take it for your own personal growth so that you can grow. So that starts on this week. Tonight, uh, Ministers in Training is MIT night tonight. Um, I'm not sure who's preaching from here, but Marias. Oh, it's going to be word up in there tonight. All right, all right. Minister Marias is on tonight. Uh, ministers in Training, it starts at 6 p.m., but we do training first. So if you guys want to come, you can come sit through our training if you'd like. Uh, but you can come about 645. We're live again, preaching to a live audience again. So we'll be at Central Campus tonight at 6. If you just want to come hear the ministers, uh, come in about 645. Uh, but we are will be live at MIT tonight at Central Campus. We are having, as you on the screen, Thanksgiving Day service will be here. Um, level, level up your worship. Come back and say thank you before you go eat all of that stuff you eat. Come back and say thank you. You know how to time your turkey, so you, you'll be all right. Come back and say thank you. Uh, on Thanksgiving Day service, it will be here at our church on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Growth track. Uh, those of you who started, we already started growth track last week. I think we got two classes in, so don't forget, those of you that are new members, that your growth track will be uh, at 6 p.m. on uh, Wednesday night, um, November 30th. That's after. So not this Wednesday. Yeah, this Wednesday. I was going to say November 30th. Wait a minute. So this Wednesday, 
and it ends no at November 30th. Uh, so new members are still, you can still jump in and take the first couple classes uh, later uh, if you'd like to, but you can see Sister Pam uh, that there's, or someone at the welcome table. The only other thing that I would like to uh, invite you all to is the Stella Mason Parson uh, scholarship. We have been giving scholarships to African-American young women now for 20 years. Uh, in my mom's name, my mother was the first African-American woman ever to graduate from a university in the state of Nevada. And so in her name, we give out this scholarship every year to an African-American young lady that wants to go to college. And so the fundraiser is this Saturday night at the Aliante uh, Casino at 6 p.m. It's a dress-up affair because it's the 20th. The tickets are $100 because it is a fundraiser fellowship. We want to try to raise $20,000 this year. New Antioch Aliante bought a table. So I, if you want to go, uh, we can sit you at the, we have 10 spots to sit at the, at the table if anybody wants to go. Some of you may be educators or just interested uh, in supporting, uh, there'll be uh, awards given out for excellence in education. One of them was, was our friend Angie Taylor, uh, who uh, won her election last week. Uh, and so she is now the first African-American woman from Northern Nevada ever to be in the state assembly. So um, she's a friend of this ministry, but also Dr. Esther Langston, some of you know her, and there are two more uh, uh, doctors that are going to be honored. Uh, but we need to fill up our table. We, this is part of the things that we do for the community. So if you would like to go, please let me know. Now, if you go on the church, uh, it would be nice that if you do leave some type of donation that night. But we do have 10 seats that we need to fill up for somebody who'd like to go. Please uh, let me know. Amen. I believe that is all we have. Yes. Angel Tree. Angel Tree starts today. They have such a beautiful setup out there as well. Uh, we can't just, you know, we share this lobby, so we can't just stick all our stuff up, put our tree up there. They have it nice out there, so we need volunteers to serve the community through the gift of giving. If you have some time to give, the Angel Tree Ministry needs you. Uh, so that's also servant leader Pam Lambie. Uh, but you can pick up your angels today. We make Christmas happen for people in our community, children in our community uh, whose parents are incarcerated. And so uh, we do this, we've been doing this for 20 years as well, uh, and we don't want to stop now. We want to do that. So if you will take on some of those children, you can pick up their angels on your way out uh, outside. Somebody at the table already, Pam? All right. Amen. Let's stand for prayer as we dismiss powerful word. Uh, thank you, Pastor Rhonda. Actually, as I was praying, I need to say this. Um, I just, my mind keeps going back of when Pastor Rhonda first stepped into this church, who she was, and watching who she is now. And Brittany, before you leave, while I was praying for you, I began to pray, God, do that again. We have, we've had so many of them grow up and then become these powerful people in ministry. 
And I'm ready for another group. You might be one of those. You might be one of the, I believe you're one of those. That when we look back at you two years from now, our minds will be blown. My mind is still blown when I look at these young people and they so different than when they came in here and I've been asking God, I asked God today while I was praying for you, God do it again. Blow our mind again with the transformation that you make in young people. And so I'm looking for you to be one but somebody in this room is going to be that transformation that we watch God make in this house. Amen. Amen. Thank you lady. Father in the name of Jesus God I thank you and I praise you for another day that you gave us an opportunity to worship. And so now, God, send us out into this week to live our worship. God, we're asking you for some divine appointments that you save that just one that is waiting just for us to share Christ with them so they can meet Jesus, change their life, and find their purpose. So again, God, send us out into this week safely. Send us out into this week to worship. Bring us back at the appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love on somebody. One point five million children have a simple wish this Christmas to feel loved and remembered. When a parent goes to prison, families are torn apart and all too often children are left feeling lonely and ashamed. The separation can feel even worse at Christmas. With Angel Tree, you could be the hands and feet of Jesus to hurting families in your community who have a loved one behind bars. You can remind children they are never forgotten. And it starts with a gift. Angel Tree volunteers deliver a present, the gospel, and a personal message of love to children on behalf of their incarcerated parents. It's amazing to watch how a gift from that mom or dad can light up their child's eyes and to see the relief on the faces of caregivers. And it starts with a gift. What a testimony of God's love it is to the incarcerated parent when you provide a gift to their child in their name to close the distance between them on Christmas morning. With the help of volunteers across the country, Angel Tree has delivered more than 11 million gifts to children on behalf of their incarcerated moms and dads since 1982. It all starts with a gift like to thank Angel Tree because they helped us, they connected with our dad. Thank you Angel Tree for doing all that you do because you don't have to do this but you choose to do it and I really appreciate it. Angel Tree is really making a difference in my life right now because uh, I feel like a part of my family. I would like to tell any and every volunteer from the Angel Tree program thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for what you guys do. For you and your church, Angel Tree Christmas can begin an ongoing, life-giving relationship with prisoners' families. You can help precious children strengthen their connection with their incarcerated parent, grow in their faith, and learn that they are overcomers with great.